Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Brothers and sisters, welcome to our time of prayer and reflection on the Word of God. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here. Feel free to include your prayer intentions in the comments. We all want to pray for each other during this special time when we rededicate ourselves to the cause of life above all. Let's uh, turn to God's presence and to His Word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we come before you with joy this day. Enable us to live in your presence, to repent of our sins, to lead others to virtue by our words and example, and now to understand your word more deeply, live it more faithfully, and proclaim it more effectively through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. A reading from the second book of Samuel. An informant came to David with the report. The children of Israel have transferred their loyalty to Absalom. At this, David said to all his servants who were with him in Jerusalem, Up, let us take flight, or none of us will escape from Absalom. Leave quickly, lest he hurry and overtake us. Then visit disaster upon us and put the city to the sword. As David went up the Mount of Olives, he wept without ceasing. His head was covered, and he was walking barefoot. All those who were with him also had their heads covered and were weeping as they went. As David was approaching Bahurim, a man named Shimei, the son of Gera, of the same clan as Saul's family, was coming out of the place, cursing as he came. He threw stones at David and at all the king's officers, even though all the soldiers, including the royal guard, were on David's right and on his left. Shimei was saying as he cursed, Away, away, you murderous and wicked man. The Lord has requited you for all the bloodshed in the family of Saul, in whose stead you became king. And the Lord has given over the kingdom to your son Absalom. And now you suffer ruin, because you are a murderer. Abishai, son of Zeruai, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, please, and lop off his head. But the king replied, What business is it of mine or of yours, sons of Zeruiah, that he curses? Suppose the Lord has told him to curse David. Who then will dare to say, Why are you doing this? Then the king said to Abishai and to all his servants, If my own son, who came forth from my loins, is seeking my life, how much more might this Benjaminite do so? Let him alone, and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to do so. Perhaps the Lord will look upon my affliction and make it up to me with benefits for the curses he is uttering this day. David and his men continued on the road, while Shimei kept abreast of them on the hillside, all the while cursing and throwing stones and dirt as he went. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I find this a moving passage. 
First of all, for the, the little bit of the, the, the history and the background of this, Absalom, David's son, betrayed him. He thought he could run the kingdom better than his father David was doing. And that's where you see here the, the conflict between Absalom and David. And as far as calling David a murderer, of course, we know that terrible sin he committed after committing adultery, first of all, with Bathsheba. Then he had her husband killed by instructing those in the battle formation to put him in the front lines and then pull back and let him be killed by the enemy in one of the battles. And he repented of that sin. He repented of that sin, as we've discussed already. But I find this passage very moving, and I see in it one of the many ways that David is a foreshadowing of Christ. And I see it, too, as a strong commentary on the journey that you and I make through this life. This man, Shimei, and you see again this, you see in so many passages, this magnanimous spirit of David filled with faith. Yes, a sinner, like we all are, but so, so deeply in, in tune also with our Lord in so many ways. Maybe the Lord told him to curse. See how, how David is, 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 is completely free here of just self-interest or petty revenge, animosity. Oh, he's cursing me. Let me go chop off his head as his, his, his own servants offered to do it for him. No, maybe the Lord told him to do that. It reminds us of when he had Saul cornered there in the, in the cave, could have taken his life when he was so bitterly opposing him, but, but didn't. And then said, look, Saul, here's a piece of your garment. Don't you see the Lord delivered you into my hands today? But I could not harm the Lord's anointed. The Lord's anointed. David thought about the relationship other people have with the Lord, not just about how they might be against him. Right? Same kind of dynamic. They're against him. He's not just going to lash out against them. He's going to say, wait a minute. They have a relationship also with the Lord. The Lord has told him to... Curse. David said, man, maybe he has reason to curse. He had been very, made very much aware of his own sin. Let him curse. I deserve it. The Lord has told him, maybe I'll benefit from this. First point, we all have a shimei or multiple shimeis in our life. As we journey along, just trying to serve the Lord, there will be people cursing at us, throwing rocks, and dirt. And they'll follow us, figuratively or literally, maybe on social media. And we have these people in our lives, and we have to say, okay, Lord, this is the reality of the situation. What do you want me to learn from this? Notice how, how David says it. Let him alone, let him curse. Perhaps the Lord will look upon my affliction and make it up to me with benefits. Is there something I can learn from my critics? This is the attitude of humility that we need to start with, brothers and sisters. Is there something today I can learn from my critics? Notice what I'm saying. I'm not saying because the critics are right or their criticism is true. Not at all. They're usually wrong. Their criticisms are often false. 
I'm saying, what can we learn from their criticism? Not that the criticisms are true, but it can make us reflect upon other things. What might be making, even though this person is erroneous in their judgment of me, what might be making them think that way? And is there something I can do better? We can always learn, even from people who know far less than we might know about something, even from people who may be far less virtuous, though we're not the ones to judge. We can learn from everybody, even our worst enemies. That's lesson number one. But number two, again, what I find so moving here, David is a foreshadowing of Christ. Not only because the prophecies were clear that the Messiah would be a descendant of David, not only in his kingship, Christ is the king, ultimately foreshadowed in this prototype of David, but he's foreshadowing Christ in his suffering and affliction in the way he accepts it. Now, of course, the big difference being Jesus never sinned. He took on the appearance of sin, crucified between two thieves, accused of various things, appearance, but never, never in any way sin. So obviously that's a big difference. He instead took upon himself our sins. David is very aware of his actual sins. But then this whole idea of, okay, maybe my affliction will somehow be a benefit through the Lord's grace. You know what this reminds me of? I want to read it from Psalm, uh, not Psalm, from Isaiah 53. We read it on Good Friday. It's one of the servant songs foreshadowing the passion of Christ, but also foreshadowing his victory through suffering. Listen to this. He was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that makes us whole. By his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep had gone astray, every one turning to his own way. And the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that is before its shearers and silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land, out of, of, of land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And he made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he will bear their guilt. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sins of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. You see the, you see the similarities? Silently, passively accepting the shimei persecutors, the dirt and the rocks being thrown, the affliction, Suffering it patiently, why? Because he's trusting in a bigger plan of the Lord. 
David says, the Lord told him to curse. The suffering servant says, this is the plan of the Lord. And David says, maybe I will benefit. And Christ says, yes, I will benefit. The, the prophecy says that God will give him a portion among the mighty, the resurrection, the ascension. But all of us benefit. As this beautiful servant song says, and as we know in our faith, by his wounds we are healed. By his death we are raised to life. By his suffering we are set free from sin. It's a, it's a beautiful prophecy here. This history in the Old Testament is prophecy. David walking along there and Shimei walking alongside of him, cursing and throwing dirt brings to our mind Christ carrying the cross and winning through it the victory of life. You and I, especially in this day and age, in this particular society, when there's a sustained systematic attack on our Christian values, when there's a sustained systematic effort to silence and undo the work of pro-life people, we learn from our affliction, we continue on Yes, we fight back with appropriate measures. But the way we fight back above all, brothers and sisters, is winning the victory for life. Continuing, letting nothing stop us. And allowing our own carrying of the cross with the Lord to be an offering for that ultimate victory. Lord, I suffered today. I offer you my suffering for the victory of life. Let me be united here with the Spirit of David. Let me be united with the Spirit of Christ and bring about, Lord, even in my affliction, the victory of life. Amen. Lord, we turn to you once again. We bring you all our intentions. We pray for one another. And we pray especially for those who are in any kind of affliction, broken relationships, persecution, maybe just the affliction of bad health. Lord, we come to you and we walk together with David and we walk together with Christ. We carry our cross. Lord, take every suffering that we have today, every rejection of others, and may we be thinking about the rejection that the unborn suffer and offer up our own rejection that their rejection may be reversed, annulled, that they may be welcomed instead, recognized, protected, and valued, and cherished once again. Lord, we are willing to be set aside ourselves if only our unborn brothers and sisters can be lifted up. Grant us wisdom in suffering, Lord God. Grant us patience under persecution, and grant us the victory of life. Let us now pray as Jesus taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. 
Okay, friends, thank you so much. Watch our other programming on these channels. Of course, we have various programs during the day and in the evening. Don't miss any of them and introduce others too to my social media channels at FR Frank Pavone and to our broadcasts at endabortion.tv. Thanks and God bless. Hello, I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that, and today I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor, or you can call us at 321-500-1000. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.